so butter chips. Yeah, Polish butter chips. Uh, it tastes like <laughs> a cold stick of butter. <laughs> it it they're really so at first when I tasted one, I was like, "This is too." I know it's not butter. There's butter in the ingredients if you I read it. I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> tell me, tell me, Cipher, how is butter in the Matrix? <laughs> My brain is telling me it's not butter, but it tastes like butter, but it, it crunches like chips. Ignorance like, is bliss. By chip number like four or five, I was like, this tastes like I'm putting some like crab dipped in butter in my I mouth. know it's and awesome it's, I was eating it by the handfuls man it's, it's so incredible. good it's, <laughs> I think I was really off put at first because of the weird like I like was like the, how is this how is it this close how can it because I think they just like shake the chips in butter <laughs> you know what I mean they, <laughs> they just pour the, like they some fry the potato chips and then they just like run butter over them and let it yeah. dry yeah yeah it's like Man. it's like the Parmesan garlic fries from Rizzo's back in the day. Like the, you oh just it's just butter and Parmesan and garlic, and they toss your fries in it. And it, but it, it's that, but it's potato chips, and it, it, it's just it's, crunch. It's crunchy butter chips. <laughs> there's just like a slight bit of artifice to it that doesn't. I don't know. That's what got me at first. But like, the, but the weird thing about it is, I don't feel like I can eat them by the handful. I feel you, like I, well. Here's the thing. I I've been eating them in phases. Like I can't eat a whole bag at once. Like it's yeah. a lot. That's a like, big it is a bag. Lot. That's I why hope I, not. Damn. That's why I told you I was like get get an Ernie and eat it with your Ernies. I did. And then I did, it, yeah. it like it works with any kind of sandwich. Like it's a it's a very nice compliment. They, they it pair would probably, well with sandwiches for sure. I feel like I could get some fucking crab stick. From- I was just gonna say I was gonna say if you made, if you made like a if you made like a, a fucking crab roll or like a lobster roll and just ate the chips with that instead of French fries dipped in Old Bay or whatever. Like oh, oh man. man. They're so it's so good. It's stupid. I want to order more, but it was like twenty dollars to get three bags of those for the three of us. <laughs> it's yeah. That was it was yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. For I just it. need I need wavy lays dipped in butter is what I need. You know, I'm just gonna buy a bag of lays and I've got like twelve sticks of leftover butter from holiday cookies that I haven't used. I'm just gonna melt them down, toss the chips in them. It'd be great. <sighs> Man. How Is come no gourmet, count? like, why hasn't a gourmet restaurant just been like, yeah, we got chips and they've been fried in butter. Like, it's nobody's but- done that. <laughs> Buttered chips. <laughs> we probably got chips. Because, we got butter. Probably because there's, like, weird FDA regulations that are, like, you can't have any one item on your menu that's, like, 50% of your calorie <laughs> count on the menu. You know, like. They're so good. They're so good. Butter and potato chips. I do also, we have some, like, Japanese, like. I, or I think, or no, where did they, they, they came from Russia, I think. They're like crab puff bites. Like, they, it's like, hmm. they're like crab chips. Yeah. So they, they taste like crab, and I'm assuming there's some butter flavoring on those. I'll let you guys know how those go. But, yeah, the Polish butter chips, man. Oh, yeah. I like them. I like them a lot. Well, if you like potato chips and you're listening to this, you should go over to the uh, Tiny Terror that will be out um, this this Friday for uh, for non patrons, or is already out for current patrons, um, because they are trying such flavors as normal, please, because I'm loading up Horrible Gearbook to look at it. 
They have potato chips from the ra- around the world, including such flavors as roasted garlic oyster, spicy oh. crayfish, fried crab, and other non-seafood flavored chips as well. I've never had oysters or crayfish, so I mean, I'm interested. Well, you should probably have those, like their real counterpart in the world yeah, the, the, the lays version doesn't really cut it <laughs> yeah you eat some real oysters although apparently not from british columbia right now because you can get norovirus and um yeah that just happened anyways so, well that kind of like segues well i went to florida <laughs> last week and basically uh, like live like a land of norovirus <laughs> well not i mean, <laughs> I was thinking more in terms of like the oysters, not the norovirus, but probably also very applicable. Um, and yeah, I mean, COVID wise, we mostly just wanted to be somewhere warm before the baby arrives. Uh, Cause Michigan is not warm still. It and, sucks. Um, and uh, you know, so we went down to Orlando, we got an Airbnb with its own pool so we didn't have to like go to the beach or share That's a sweet. pool with other people it was very nice um and then you know we weren't really going to go to disney at all but then we have some friends that happen to be down there and one that lives down there that work for disney so we were able to get into epcot for free and the nice thing about epcot is they pretty much have year-round festivals at this point with like different menus so we just went to Epcot and ate about admissions worth of food because nice. it was delicious. They have like different stands where you can spend like five to nine dollars on food on like a small, like single serving of food. And, um, I had things like a croissant that was filled with goat cheese and garlic and herbs. Oh. It was amazing. Yeah. I had a goat cheese popsicle, creamsicle. What? The goat cheese creamsicle with like, like, uh, like pistachio and like an olive oil cake. It was that fantastic, crazy. It, it was amazing. It was so good. Um, I also had uh grilled oysters with like a garlic butter, which is you know roasted garlic oyster chips. The tiny tears talking about. So I'll tell you about the real thing. It was delicious. Because it was seafood with butter on it. And that's all I need. <laughs> apparently. Um, that's the only kind of seafood I like, is the seafood that you get to, like, drink a shot of butter with, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I don't, I, I mean, I don't think I'd had oysters before, and this is obviously, this, this was cooked still. It wasn't raw. But I still do need to try the raw oysters, which I know I think we've talked about previously. I just kind of want to go with somebody that, like, knows oysters. Like, I mean, Brian and Erica, you guys are like aficionados at this point, right? Are you I guys mean, like... Well, basically how this works is Erica gets a dozen and I try one of each type. It's usually variety. So, but like Erica, Erica, no, like she's like, does she know that she likes like, you know, does she, does she know, does she know that she likes things that are like high salinity versus like you know, whatever other attributes they usually rate those on? Uh, I don't know about that, but definitely, like, we're kind of familiar somewhat with, like, with the regions and how they're a little different and stuff and the sizes okay. and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know. Well, tell Erica that I want to eat some oysters at some point. They they are good. They're, they're, 
It took me a few tries, I think, to actually like really enjoy them, but they're we good. Should go to, we should go to Cadu and do some feather bowling and eat a bucket uh, of oysters. No, nah, they have mussels there. It's a different oh, shellfish. Oh, yeah, mussels are good too, but yeah. No, mussels are more try. like clams, though. They're like yeah. chewy. Yep. And oysters are very soft for yeah. the most part. They just kind of slide down your throat. Well, I was yeah, going to say, like, told the, you can uh, chew, they, I suggest chewing on them. They're similar to snot. <laughs> no. The really tiny, shitty ones are, you want to get the bigger ones where it's like, there's there's some there's girth to too. them. Yeah. You can feel it in your mouth, you know? I yeah. feel like I would just throw up on the table. As soon as one hit hit my tongue in the that's right spot, I, I would know. just be like, like <laughs> that's kind of why I want to try it too. Cause I, I don't know. Like, I just really don't know if I would like the snottiness versus like, so that's as, the thing. As somebody who like likes food, like I feel like I have to try them. You know, I'd I'm usually open to trying pretty much anything. We just have to go up to, it's not the cheapest place to get it necessarily, but it's not about cheap. It's about the, quality. Yeah, I'm willing quality to pay. wise. I would say, and variety wise, we go. We need to go to Hazel's in Birmingham okay. during happy hour because all the oysters are half off, and they Let's have a good it. selection, and they shuck them properly, which is important. And they, um, they seem to be you know food safe and careful there, and Please. it's nice. All right, um, and I'm you done. don't, you never get them on like a Monday or a Tuesday because those are like the end of the of the cycle. That that's, that's like that seafood doesn't in actually general. apply anymore, from what I understand. But um, yeah, that's that was at some point that that did hold true. Hmm. Some Anthony Bourdain for you, yeah. But that that knowledge is like a decade old or more, and <laughs> doesn't really apply, from what I understand. Pour some out, pour pour some out for Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I need to try oysters. Yeah, we ate a lot of good food. I went to Morimoto's Morimoto Asia in Disney Springs, which is a, a restaurant that bears the name of Iron Chef Morimoto. You you ate a bowl of ramen that looked insane. It was the best bowl of ramen I've ever had in the United States, and pretty much on par with anything I've ever had in Japan. Like it was very very good, very rich broth and flavorful. It was great. He had an egg drop soup on the menu that also had crab in it, which also maybe is like snot, so I'll probably like oysters, but I like egg drop soup, and it's even better when there's crab in it. Um, I had a spider roll there. The spider roll was okay. It wasn't like my most favorite spider roll that I've ever had. But um, What makes a good spider roll? What is a spider like what's, roll? What's the defi- Spi- it's a, it's soft spider- shell crab roll. Yeah, soft shell crab okay. that's been fried uh tempura wise that's a spider roll um for me i want something i do want it to crunch a good amount this was a pretty soft soft shelled crab like it wasn't super you know breaded or anything which is probably maybe like, that's like a the qual like a quality thing though like maybe that's the way it's supposed to be and you've only eaten like trash soft shell crab entirely possible it could be more i mean but the thing is this is like a it's an americanized sushi roll anyway and that's not the way that yeah. any of the sushi comes in japan for the most part so, you know, but no, and, and I think, uh, the crab itself just wasn't as flavorful and it might just not be, maybe it's not soft shelled crab season or something. And so I got like a smaller guy that wasn't as good. I don't know. Um, that food was very good. I got a cupcake out of a cupcake ATM. It was a salted caramel cupcake. It was delicious. Hell yeah. Uh, you guys had fruit sushi. 
Yes, fruit sushi Frushi? was at uh, Epcot. Frushi, yes, it was good. Uh, very fruit-like and, and tasty. And they did something different, apparently, this year. I wouldn't know because we didn't go, but they cooked the rice with coconut milk. So it was like a sweeter rice instead of like a savory. So that was pretty interesting. It was good. Um, And yeah, no, it was it was nice. It was nice to be warm. Uh, we drove the Tesla down, which was fun. Um, and like stopping the charge made me able to feel like a human on the way down instead of just like cramming my, you know, traveling, sweating, oily body into a sardine can for 20 hours as you drive. I guess I never thought about that, but like taking those breaks for like an hour and a half or however long you were there, like is probably really nice. Like. The nice thing about the Tesla Supercharger, we were never there for more than like 40, 45 minutes tops. Yeah, um, that's not so bad. It's, it's long enough, and they're all built at places that usually you can, There's they identify places that you can go to the bathroom at, and you can buy food from, or you can like shop at, like whatever, so you have things around them that you can occupy your time a little bit and get right. a, couple, a couple different things done. So it was it was just nice because we had built in, and it's like the battery is only big enough to sustain you for like three-ish hours of traveling tops. It's like two hours and 50 minutes for the most part at normal America highway speeds. Um, so you're getting a break at least every three hours, but there's some times where they'll program you to kind of like hop over busier superchargers at less busy ones. So you might drive for like an hour or two hours and then charge up so that you can make it the two hours and 50 minutes past the busier superchargers, that kind of thing. Yeah. So... That was, it was nice. Like I, we drove down to Disney in 2019, um, and for spring break and that was in just a normal gas car and, you know, Nicole likes to keep moving. And so, and I'm someone who's like, I don't know, just we'll get there when we get there. I just want to hang out and go pee when I want to go pee and have food sometimes. Um, I always fall asleep on long car rides. No, and that's the truth. Like even when I'm as, driving, <laughs> as soon as yeah. I'm like not, yeah, like it, that's the thing is like sometimes I'll get drowsy and I'll be like, I need you to swap out and drive. But then when I'm in the passenger seat, I pass out immediately because <laughs> I've heard that that's also that's a form of car sickness. Is like sometimes if you're not the one that's like doing the driving, you will just get tired immediately because that's you have like a motion sickness kind of thing. Interesting. So, but no, it was fun taking the electric car down there, and then, you know, we were, our Airbnb was like 10 minutes from a supercharger, so that made it easy, too. That's there cool. are Airbnbs that will let you charge, but I didn't know we were going to drive down at the time. I thought we would fly, but tickets were like 800 bucks a person to fly down to Florida. We were like, no, thank you. Yeah, that's crazy. So, that's what we did cool. last week. It was Sounds like, like oh, you had all, a good so, trip, man. Yeah, I need to tell my story again. So, basically... uh Stephanie wanted a mango margarita and they told her that they were out of mango margaritas. And then somehow we both just managed to click in and started saying at the same time, get your mango margarita out of your mouth. Get my mango margarita out of your mouth and out of your fucking (laughs) mouth. And that was, yeah. So I mangled it again, but it was funny at the time. You had to be there. No, it's all good. I, uh, I finished Dave Grohl's book, and then Taylor Hawkins died, and that made me die inside a little bit. 
That's and then that I started reading sad. Will Smith's book, and then Will Smith <laughs> met Chris Rock on television. So I think somehow my attempts to be literate you should read have, a Jason Schreier book next <laughs> have have an effect on the outcome of the universe. So I oh, no, I have Jason Schreier's book on it's on my wish list. His new one I I, I read uh, Blood Sweat and Pixels, and uh, it is a good book. And uh, he's reading yeah. again. We need him to stop. <laughs> I, it's funny. Like it's funny you brought up Jason Schreier. Though I was because I just was flipping through trying to find new books to read and lives to ruin. And when I came across his book, there was a reviewer that was like, um, like it'd be nice. It, the dude gave him like one star, and it was like, "Be nice if he talked about something other than American Studios or something like that." And I'm just like, "Bro, like who cares?" Like. <laughs> Maybe the other studios didn't give him access. Yeah. You know, Go, like it's not like, it's probably not his fault. People maybe are dumb. It's difficult to communicate with studios that don't necessarily speak in your native language. Yeah. No, I mean the I next the next fifteen bucks I rack up taking Google surveys, I will I will probably buy that. That's on my list. I've got what a few is, other books. Do you books know what that one's too. called and what the, what it's about? Uh it's basically the same thing as Blood, Sweat and Pixels, but I think it's like more about the crunch culture. Okay. Uh, of uh, of all that nonsense. Um, let me see. The title is. Why isn't it coming up? Where's my wish list? Where did where did my wish list go? Oh my goodness! So annoying. This is terrible television. Is it tears, vomit, and voxels? Yeah, <laughs> it's called press reset. Okay. Ruin and recovery in the video game industry. Interesting. Who's it read by? Let's see. It's narrated by Ray Chase. I don't know who that is. Um, yeah. Oh, no. It, it wasn't one star. It was three stars. And this guy goes, overall, not a bad book, but have several big problems. It is very USA-centric. Almost all stories in books in books are about USA. One studio in Australia is exception. Canada is mentioned. Problems are shown in big companies, bad practices in smaller studios, or indie are almost not mentioned at all, which can give very false impression. Contractors and issue connect- connected with that are mentioned only briefly. Was this review helpful? No. That was something that pissed me off about. So when I was playing Tunic, they gave us a, they gave us access to a specific Discord for the people that were reviewing the game and playing it ahead of time so that people could chat about secrets and things like that. And while people were trying to understand the language, that someone noticed that like there are language options in the game that will change, because some of the text is in English. Um, the language options in the game, if you switch them, really only alter the English words. And so someone was kind of like, you know, hey, this, these characters don't change at all. The the weird rune language doesn't change at all in different languages. So it must be based off of English somehow. And, and they were the like guy, mad about it. The guy who brought it up was like, I think that kind of sucks. And I just wanted to write in there and be like, dude, you realize this was fucking made by like less than a handful of people and really only designed by one person. Right. Like, you want him to go and change how his language in the game works for every different language it's going to be localized in? Some of which use completely different, like, alphabets or so ridiculous. phonetics or any, like, 
it made me super angry and i didn't see anybody i i don't know i maybe i maybe i tried to tune out so that i didn't continue getting angry about it but hopefully somebody was like dude this is an indie game like chill out yeah who who cares like (laughs) it doesn't matter uh, to backtrack though, um, the Dave Grohl book was fantastic, um, and it's narrated by him. I'm re- I'm I'm reading audiobooks. <laughs> hey, it's reading. Uh, I'm a proponent of that being. Reading. It's really and to be honest with you, it's like the only way I I stopped listening to like all of my podcasts because I was just so tired of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm just gonna listen to audiobooks for a while because I have a few that I had purchased that I wanted to get through anyways. Um. And then I was like, I want something fresh. And then I remember the Dave Grohl book was there and I had enough Google credits to buy it. So I did. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great book. It's a great, it's a great story of his come up and just showing you how awesome of a person he is and how much he loves his kids, how much he loves Taylor Hawkins, which made Taylor's death. Like even like I typically don't care about celebrities but it almost made me cry because like he is one i'm a drummer he's a drummer and i know now after reading the book how great of a relationship they had so it was really hard to like hear that and it literally happened like two days after i finished the book so it was very um poignant and relevant to me and so yeah if you get a chance to pick it up it's a great read and I highly recommend it, especially if you like the Foo Fighters and Nirvana and any other band that he's involved in. He's got some really good stories in there. And yeah, that, that dude absolutely loved Taylor Hawkins. And that is so heartbreaking. But, um, you know, the show will go on, I guess. I don't know. They canceled the rest of their tour, but I'm sure they'll go back out and play at some point. Yeah. I don't know. They should I mean- bring out that little Australian girl, that Nandy Bushnell or whatever, who's been doing like. Foo Fighters covers, they should just take her out and make, like, Taylor, that's what Taylor would want. <laughs> That'd be pretty rad. That would make um, her life, dude. It would make her life. Dave Grohl's always seemed like such a nice dude. Anyway. Absolutely. And, like, I know he did, um... He did he an did, episode of Hot Ones, and it was fantastic. I need to watch that. But he also, he did a, um... He did a documentary called Sound City, I think, that I've always yep. been meaning to watch. I haven't checked out yet. And then I it's think very he good. did, like, a documentary series on showtime maybe with his mom yeah like does a road trip with his mom or something i can't remember what that's called but the sound city documentary is really good and there is like a a corresponding album that goes with it that they like basically like wrote and recorded for the documentary that's awesome yeah and i like i like the foo fighters i've never really loved their music but i just have such respect for him and that band like you know, I've just and, always felt that they're like the definition of modern rock. And like, he has always been like, it's just, he's, he's such a prolific writer with his music and just the amount of albums and hits they're able to just churn out with like zero effort. And you know, he does it all himself. Like mm-hmm. he's got, he talks about buying his, his the giant barn that he turns into a studio and everything. And like, like, I think there was a point where he originally told his real estate agent, he wanted like 430 acres and like, didn't really realize like how big acres were <laughs> and, his, and his his real estate agent was like are you sure about that and he's like yeah i want a ton of space and she's like okay 
and like couldn't really find much, but then found like 186 acres or something like that. And she's like, it's a little less than what you were thinking. And then he's like, and I stepped foot on this farm and I was like, you've got to be fucking shitting me. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like 26 at the time, you know? And like, it sucks because like I read about stuff like that where I'm like, oh yeah, he was 26 and like having the time of his life buying a huge house with a studio and like touring the world. And I'm like, what did I do at 26? Oh, I quit college and then went back again. And like... (laughs) Everyone lives life at their own pace. Yeah, man. Yeah, but like you know how bad I wanted to be a rock star, like so bad, Not so bad. bad. Enough, I guess. And like, and when you read a book like that, and it seems so effortless for him, like there was a point where he he did he played drums for Tom Petty on SNL, like randomly, Af- like after the Foo Fighter or after Nirvana ended, and Kurt, you know, I think it was it was like right after Kurt died, maybe I don't know exactly, but Tom Petty calls him up and is like, "You want to come play drums for me on SNL?" And he was like, "You mean I get to be like one of the Heartbreakers?" And Tom Petty's like, yeah. And so then he becomes friends with the Heartbreakers. And then they asked him, like, after the SNL gig, they're like, do you want to tour the world with us? You get your own bus and everything. And he was like, I can't do it. And then he, like, went and did the Foo Fighters instead. He went and, and like, wrote all of the songs on the first Foo Fighters album by himself. By himself. Recorded, recorded them. all by himself. Pretty much pretty by much. himself. He did record another drummer and then kicked the dude out of the band. Or no, the, he re-recorded the drums because he didn't like the way the guy did it. And then the dude quit because he was mad that Dave <laughs> re-recorded his drums. Uh, and then they have connections to Sunny Day Real Estate, which is one of my favorite like early 90s emo bands that like is so good. Like I, I based my drum set sound off of the Rising Tide, which is their last album before they broke up. And it's just yeah i mean it's it's such a great book and he has tons of musical references and if you're on spotify or youtube music there are people who have made playlists of all the musical references that he brings up and like all the people he got to meet and everything like it's just incredible there was he tells a story about how like um it was towards the end of the book he's talking about how he's like walking into the airport or, or walking out of the airport i can't remember which and some some like you know young man runs up to him he's like hey um would uh, would you like to meet my dad and the and he's like who's your dad he's like little richard and he's like absolutely little richard the king of rock and roll like please and so like the the kid takes him to like a little limo or whatever and like little richard rolls down the window and is like this is dave Grohl. he's like one of your biggest fans and like little richard's like oh that sounds great son and like pulls out a a a note or like a a little like whatever five by six like postcard picture of himself and signs it and hands it to him like (laughs) like he has no clue who dave Grohl is at all but it's little richard (laughs) dave Grohl's like shitting his pants like so pumped like there's so many good stories and he's a great storyteller and the audiobook is great. I I love audiobooks that are narrated by the people who wrote them. Yeah. Because I I hear it if I'm if I'm reading it, I'm hearing it in their voice, so to actually hear it in their voice is is so great. Like it and just you know feels they're they're d- going to deliver it in the way that they intended and on the page, right? And it's funny you say that because I'm also again, I'm reading the Will Smith book right now and I'm on the last chapter and his cadence is weird like it's weird and i hate saying that because i love i love will smith and i don't condone his actions um like physical violence is not good kids don't do it but he like he just delivers things in a manner in which it sounds like it do, it doesn't sound natural for him because you're used to him being all kind of like he's got like a swagger to his his cadence and he yeah. doesn't use that when he's reading the book he reads it very straightforward and kind of slower. 
and that's not necessarily bad. The stories in his book are also fantastic. Like he tells some pretty crazy stuff about becoming literally the the biggest movie star of all time mm-hmm. and like his come up. Very fascinating. Um but yeah, it's uh I I especially really like the early on stuff where he's talking about like him and Jazzy Jeff like being 16 years old in Jazzy Jeff's basement like making cuts and stuff and just yeah, having a good time. time. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just I it, it's cool, man. I like these these musical biographies are great, you know, but then Will Smith isn't really a musician anymore like he kind of stopped that after like I think it was after Men in Black really, but Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West. Yeah. Here he's not part of the academy anymore either. No, he resigned. He resigned. Um, that doesn't affect his movies. That just means he can't vote on anybody or like yeah. nominate anyone. So. He can still get nominated if yeah. he chose to. But that would be um, weird. <laughs> there's a um, there's a video of Dave Grohl uh, called Dave Grohl and Fresh Pots. Have you yep. guys ever seen this? Yes, he there's talks about his caffeine addiction. Okay, there's a video that uh, they made them them Crooked Vultures is a super group with. Josh Homme of I love that album. Of the Stone Age and Dave Grohl and John Paul Jones of uh, Led Zeppelin. And uh, there's a behind the scenes video that I assume was probably just shot by Josh Homme, but they edited together all these clips of Dave Grohl drinking coffee, probably multiple cups throughout every day. Try multiple pots. Like yeah. he, he talks about drinking like five pots of coffee a day. Like, coffee was, like, his water. Like, that's what he would drink. And it got to a point, like, he talks about it in the book where he's like, I was starting to have chest pains, and I thought I was dying. So, I called so, my physician, and he was like, come in now. Like, right now. So, he, like, went into the physician's office, and they were going through all the checklists of, like, heart attack shit. And then the doctor's like, do you drink coffee? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> but and then explains, like, how much coffee he drinks. And the doctor's like, yeah, you can't do that anymore, man. <laughs> like... <laughs> so the the video on YouTube uh, is very funny, and it's Dave Grohl being silly, and uh, it's great. And they just put out a movie. They literally just put out a mm-hmm. movie. Studio six 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 six, and it's got Whitney Cummings in it, who's a really great female stand up comedian, and it's got a bunch of other crazy cool people in it too. And uh, yeah, it's a horror movie. I heard it was not very good, but they probably could have also been going for like the. I'm yeah. sure they were absolutely going for the B movie style bullshit. Yes. Like, yes. there's no way they were going to take it. Like, I'm I'm sure they were just like, hey, let's make a movie for fun. And so then then there, somebody was like, yeah, I'll, some producers like, I'll pay for it. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, no, very very bummed about Taylor Hawkins, and he did yeah. drums on uh, Good Apollo too. I think when Chris Penny couldn't record with Coheed. Um. Due to like, I thought it was the first good Apollo. I think it's good Apollo too. I'll double check. Uh, I think, yeah, I don't remember. But he did, yeah, he did do session drum. He was a great session drummer. He drummed for Alanis Morissette, mm-hmm. who who changed the game for like female alter- alternative artists in the mid nineties or whatever. She was awesome. That first album, Jagged Little Pill, is great. Good Apollo two is Taylor Hawkins because Josh Eppard okay. left before that came out. Gotcha, and, and Chris uh, Penny couldn't record because he was still on his like Metal Blade or whatever contract. He was with Dillinger, I think. Yeah, he wasn't with Dillinger at that point anymore. I think he had pulled out to do oh. Coheed full time. Okay, I could be but wrong. Yeah, he was under know. contract or something and couldn't appear. Yeah, right. But Anyways, yeah. bummer. Mm-hmm. Taylor Hawkins sucks a lot. 
I don't know if I have anything else to talk about. I think we're good. I just want to say I'm very happy with my first Will Smith joke of the night. I thought it was very good. Yeah, it was that was solid. It's pretty good. <laughs> I uh yeah, I don't think I had any other extremely remarkable foods or anything. I had Wo Taco again. And yeah, we just got a shout out Wo Taco. I, I had Wo Taco before we left. I got the quesabiria. It was very good. I also got a um the banh mi taco? No, I went with the chimchurri taco, and that was very, very good as well. The banh mi taco, I think, is my favorite taco. I got that tacos. taco. It was pretty solid. It's really good. I, did, I haven't had the corn one yet, but it looked really good. It's got jalapenos in it. Did you, have you guys gotten the salsa? The salsa is like, a little weird. And salsa? It's, yeah, it it's different. Me more of like a sweet and sour sauce, which is it's, weird. It's different, but it's it's still good. It, it works good. with their chips, and yeah. I like their chips are good quality chips because they actually have structural integrity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but yeah, Wo Tacos legit. I love. They're my favorite food truck right now. So I want to. I want to try the the uh, pa- Papillon Arepa uh, yeah. sandwich, like Peruvian sandwiches or whatever they are. I need to. I need to hit that. They're coming this week. At some point, so they, yeah, um, I tried to catch them at Urban Rest on Friday, and they were out of food like two hours early. So that was a bummer. Damn, damn, good for them. That means though. that means it's good. Yeah, yeah, but oh. I, I think they're uh, more local this week. Cool, cool. Well, that's all for this week's side quest. Everybody, hope you enjoyed our adventures in um, literary awesomeness in Florida. And food. And food. And uh yeah, we will we'll see uh see you on the flip side. Peace.